Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today on the program, Michael Hoggard looks at UFOs, gods, and aliens. And Pastor Larry and James Collins look at headlines from the end times. Michael Hoggard and James Collins are here now to bring clarity to UFOs, gods, and aliens. On July 8, 1947, a mysterious object crashed in New Mexico just outside of Roswell Army Airfield. The Army originally issued a press release stating that they had recovered a flying disc from a ranch near Roswell. However, the Army quickly retracted the statement and issued another press release which said that the downed object was a conventional weather balloon. So which was it? What really crashed at Roswell? Joining me today to talk about Roswell, UFOs, aliens, and how these things fit into last day's deception is Pastor Michael Hoggard. Pastor Mike is the senior pastor of Bethel Church in Festus, Missouri. He is an expert in scripture numerics, Freemasonry, the occult, and Bible prophecy, and he's produced a new teaching DVD that we're going to be talking about today called Gods and Aliens. Pastor Mike, welcome back to The Watchman on the Wall. Well, it's good to be with you guys once again. You mentioned Bible numerics. I sort of cut my teeth on Brother Noah Hutchings' book on Bible numbers. That kind of got me fascinated with numbers, Bible symbolism, and things like that. So I owe a lot to him. So it's good to be back with you guys today. Pastor Mike, would you share your testimony? How did you come to faith in Jesus Christ? I grew up in the church that I pastor now. I've been pastoring here since 1996. Uh, I've been attending here since 1974. And I watched my mom, the change in her life when I was a young boy here. And then I soon followed her. My sister did as well. And asked Jesus into my heart at a very young age answered the call to the ministry here at Bethel Church when I was 16. I actually attended what used to be Hillsdale Bible College there in Moore, Oklahoma. I came back, was married to a young lady that attended Bethel here. Almost every important thing that I've done with my life here at this church, and like I said, I became pastor in 1996. In 1997, Just out of the blue, God called me into a study of Bible prophecy. And what I made God a promise that I would do was I would throw out everything that I thought that I believed or was taught. Being in Bible college, I learned amillennialism, premillennialism, postmillennialism. I learned all the isms. And I said, God, I just want to know what the Bible says about different things. And I began to ask God questions. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Jeremiah 33, 3, where God says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things that thou knowest not. And that sort of became the theme verse of what I was doing. If I had a question, instead of going to the prophecy books, the commentaries, asking other pastors, I asked God in prayer, God, Mm. show me in the Bible. I would listen to pastors. I would hear what they had to say. But then I would leave and I would say, God, that man seems sincere, but let God be true and every man a liar. If what he said is true, show it to me in the Word. And if what he said was a lie, show it to me in the Word. And that way I'll know the truth 
And, of course, we know that the truth is what makes us free as Bible-believing Christians. During those years, 1997, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, God just spent a lot of time just pouring Bible knowledge into me. I always like to tell people that if we want wisdom from God, it'll come from knowledge first. Knowledge will give us understanding And then understanding will give us wisdom from God, and all of those things will come through the pages of the Word of God. So I have a very, very deep reverence for the Word of God. You mentioned Roswell earlier. For years, even though I would talk about UFOs, I would not speak on Roswell until I had it confirmed in Scripture that it not only is possible that it came to pass. It more than likely came to pass, and I believe that there is more coming in the way of UFO activity, crashed vehicles, and all sorts of things like that. I think there is a lot more coming than has happened already in the past. Well, now I understand that you spent some time at a UFO convention this past summer. Tell me about that experience and about your nickname, the UFO Pastor. I came up with that. For some reason, a website popped up, and it was an advertisement for a MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network. It's a team that investigates UFO sightings in this country, but also around the world. Their symposium in Las Vegas came up. And for some reason, I just felt like God was telling me he wanted me to go there. I looked at the list of speakers that was going to be there. And as you well know, and some of your listeners know, there's a lot of weirdos and wackos (laughs) in just about everything, and especially in the UFO movement. There's actually a UFO conference in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, that I probably wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole because it's full of New Agers and Wiccans and all kinds of things like that. But this one, they were focusing on the Rendlesheim UFO incident there at the RAF Bentwaters where several of our military guys had an encounter with a landed UFO craft near a nuclear missile base there in England. I got to meet and talk with several of the men that were there at Bentwaters, and it was a great experience. But when I decided to go there, I thought, you know, I want something where people can reach out and remember me, and the phrase UFO pastor came up. So I typed that into Google website. No one had ever thought of the website UFO pastor, so I bought it immediately. And a man that helps us out put the website up for me. And it's got a lot of videos and a lot of content. In fact, everything I've done on UFOs and aliens is on that website. But it was unusual because I'm the weird guy at a UFO conference. (laughs) Because everybody's asking me, are you like some kind of preacher? And I said, yeah. And they said, what are you doing at a UFO conference? And I said, well, I'm here to give out free DVDs on UFOs. Everybody that passed by our table, they got a stack of about seven or eight DVDs of different videos that I had done on UFOs. And it was a great experience. I heard some interesting things that I'd never heard of before. It was a very pleasant experience. And I believe that 
we planted the seed in people's lives to at least give them the opportunity to know that there is something in the Bible that shows us what these entities really are, and I'm hoping it was a way to spread the gospel as well. Let's talk about this new DVD, Gods and Aliens. I watched it over the weekend, and it's eye-opening. There are over four hours of teaching on Gods and Aliens. The first message is titled, Roswell's Alien Gods. What exactly happened outside Roswell, New Mexico, on July 8, 1947? There's a lot of different stories out on the Internet, and some I believe and some I don't believe, but some of it does sound somewhat credible. Actually, it wasn't at Roswell. It was a ranch that was quite a bit away from Roswell. But Roswell at the time in 1947 was the only place in the entire world where atomic bombs were stored. And so the air base that we had at Roswell, the Army Air Base back then, we hadn't created the Air Force yet. So it was a U.S. Army Air Base that was stored atomic bombs there. And, of course, they had a massive radar array set up around the base. The theory is, and and some of this comes from Colonel Corso, who wrote a book called The Day After Roswell. And his idea was that the radars jammed something related to how the UFOs were able to fly and maneuver around and so on. There were actually three craft that were in that area that crashed all at about the same time. One of them is the most noted one, and that was the one where the rancher goes out and he sees debris laying everywhere all over his ranch, calls the local sheriff. The sheriff calls the Roswell Army Air Base because he thought it might have been, you know, something that belonged to us as far as the military was concerned, and they came out. They cordoned off the area, grabbed everything that that they could. The idea was that they found three dead bodies there, or at least three, and possibly one that was still alive at the time. But they gathered everything up, and they released a story that day that they had actually captured a crashed flying saucer just outside of the Roswell area. That story went around the world, but by the time it got to Washington, D.C., some guys at the top said, we don't want this known, that this was a crashed UFO. So they immediately, the next day, changed their story to a total nonsense story about a crashed weather balloon, and there were dummies that they were using on these weather balloons and tests and so on, and they didn't want to talk about it, so they made it sound like it was a UFO, but it was some kind of top-secret U.S. military thing that they were doing. There was also another crashed disc that landed not too far from the other one, and it was mostly intact. It was discovered not too long after the initial crash, And another one found three years later. There is a theory, and I'm not sure if I believe it or not, but I think it is possible. There is a theory that says the third crash disc, they all crashed at the same time, but the third disc sort of went through a portal of time 
and wasn't discovered until about three years later. In other words, it didn't crash until three years later. I know it sounds weird, but there's actually some biblical evidence that I think merits that theory, at least. So that's sort of the initial idea of what possibly happened at Roswell. Again, I believed in it, but I wouldn't talk about it for years. And I studied UFOs, according from the Bible. I looked at Ezekiel. I saw that there was a chariot being described there in Ezekiel chapter 1. But it wasn't until I could find scriptural evidence of exactly what these things were that convinced me that the Roswell story was actually more than likely true. My guest is Pastor Michael Hoggard, and we're talking about his new DVD called Gods and Aliens. You can get a copy of this incredible DVD by calling 1-800-652-1144 or online at swrc.com. Pastor Mike, you mentioned the Word of God, you mentioned Scripture, and in the DVD you speak about how your eyes were opened when God gave a word to you. The verses were Psalm 82, 6-7. What is the significance of that passage. We know from Ezekiel 1, Ezekiel is describing a chariot that God rides in. Now, Eric von Daniken, who wrote the book Chariots of the Gods, he grew up in a Catholic school, and he couldn't believe the Bible speaking about God riding in a chariot because he said, why does God need a chariot if he's God? Well, I don't have the answer to that, but for some reason, God chooses to ride in the chariot. And we actually have scripture that says the chariots of the Lord are 20,000, even thousands of angels. We have that verse going along with Ezekiel chapter 1 telling us that God actually rides in a chariot that is made of angelic creatures, even the wheels of the chariot. Since Ezekiel 1 says the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. Mm -hmm. Even the wheels then were, if you want to use the word alive, they were alive. And so here we have this idea. Even Solomon in the temple, when he builds the temple, and Solomon builds it before Ezekiel describes this chariot in Ezekiel chapter 1, in the most holy place where Solomon builds the temple where he's going to put the Ark of the Covenant, he puts it on a glass surface with a chariot with wheels underneath it. In other words, he builds a chariot in the most holy place to set the Ark of the Covenant on, and that is exactly what you see in Ezekiel chapter 1. So, this idea that I had in my head that all of these UFOs, all of these aliens, they're devils, they're spirits, they're gods, even the UFOs themselves being living beings, part of the angelic realm that is on the dark side, the evil side, the one-third of the angels that gets cast out of heaven that's on Satan's side and so on. I had a problem. I'm going, if these UFOs are angels, angels don't crash and they don't die. Mm -hmm. I wrestled with that. I wanted to believe it, but I couldn't talk about it publicly unless I had biblical proof that it could happen. And I was going to do a conference in Fargo, North Dakota, and I was going to be speaking on this subject. The clock is ticking, and I'm just going, God, I need answers. I need answers. I need answers. On a Thursday night, 1 o'clock in the morning, the Holy Ghost 
loves to speak scripture, and he said what's in Psalm 82. I have said, ye are gods. And when he said that, I grabbed my Bible, I looked that verse up, and here's what it says. I have said, ye are gods, little g, gods. And that describes all of the angelic realm, both good Mm -hmm. and bad, Mm -hmm. because they are immortal beings. I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High, but you shall die like men Mm. and fall like one of the princes. Well, the word princes in the Bible relates to what we wrestle against, principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high places. And as soon as I looked at those two verses, my jaw dropped, doodads went all up and down me. I wanted to shout, but my wife was asleep next to me, so I didn't. So basically, I just started crying before the Lord, thanking Him for the answer. He says that they're gods. But when they come down here, mingling around, doing things here on the earth that they're not supposed to be doing, God says, fine, if you're going to do that, then I'm going to allow you to fall. And that's what happened with their craft, was they fell, they crashed, and they fell. And those aliens, those gods, died like men. And we have a double witness to that. In Ezekiel, in the description of, I believe, Satan, in Ezekiel 28 at the beginning, where it says in Ezekiel 28, verse 2, Because thine heart is lifted up, and thou hast said, I am a God, capital G, I sit in the seat of God, in the midst of the seas. Well, that's like what Solomon built in his temple. Yet thou art a man, and not God, though thou set thine heart as the heart of God. And it's also almost the same thing that he says of Lucifer in Isaiah chapter 14, where before he says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? He says in verse 10, All they shall speak and say unto thee, Art thou also become weak as we? Art thou become like unto us? And then it goes on to say, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? And Lucifer says, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the Most High. But then God follows up and says, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the side of the pit. So I had second and third witnesses in the Bible that I believe that these God-slash-alien beings have been coming to this earth, doing things they shouldn't be doing. God is taking away their immortality, their godhood, in other words, and they crash their discs crash, their chariots crash, they die or are killed in the process, or in some cases they live on this earth, but they are stuck on this earth. So once I saw that in the scriptures, I became convinced that the narrative that we've been hearing about Roswell and about other possible crash discs in other places around the world, I believe those stories are true. Amazing. Next time I'd like to continue, and I want to talk about Chariots of the Gods. Thanks so much for being on the program with me today. My pleasure. Michael Hoggard will continue his look at aliens and UFOs next time. Let's join Pastor Larry and James Collins as they look at headlines from the end times. Welcome to Headlines from the End Times. 
In the days of the Old Testament prophets, God said to appoint a man to stand guard on the wall. The watchman would scan the horizon for signs of danger. When an enemy was spotted making advances on the city, the watchman would sound an alarm. Each day, we see more and more signs that point to the soon return of Jesus Christ. Join us now as we seek to make sense of the nonsense and sound the alarm of the truth of Bible prophecy in current events. Our first story comes to us from Ireland where developers have created a plan in which they will build 21 10-story tall statues around the world called the giant. The statues are programmable, moving, and covered with millions of LED pixels that allow for it to take the form of any person. The giant's arms and head can move into a diversity of positions and its patented skin, a matrix of millions of programmable LED pixels, gives it the ability to instantly take the form of any man or woman, boy or girl. From historical figures such as Albert Einstein to stars of today such as Beyonce, the giant can take on any image and it can also sing and speak. Well, I want to read two verses from the book of Revelation. The verses are Revelation 13, verses 14 and 15, and they describe something that the false prophet will do during the tribulation, quote, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Close quotes. For decades, people have wondered what this passage in Revelation 13 could be referring to, an image that the false prophet is able to bring to life in some way, an image that can move and speak, an image of the Antichrist that people will bow down and worship, what on earth is John describing? Well, it is possible that we are now seeing technology that is being developed that can mimic many of the elements of this passage. The idea for these giant living statues was developed by an entrepreneur named Patty Dunning. The Berlin-based architect studio Dan Perlman and backed by the commercial real estate company Enterprise Ireland. Each giant will cost 18 to 24 million dollars to develop depending on the location and chosen size. The company estimates the giant living statues will bring about 14 million dollars in revenue for the host cities that each of the statues could be built in and he plans to build 21 of these statues within the next 18 months. While this is all highly speculative, it shows that the type of technology needed to create something similar to what John describes in the book of Revelation is already present. People have long scoffed at John's claim that people during the tribulation would bow down to a little idol like they did in the ancient world. However, it is much easier to see the Antichrist and the false prophet creating something as large as Nebuchadnezzar's statue from Daniel 3, using technology to make it look like the Antichrist and demand that people bow down and worship it. As technology continues to advance, we should pray for people's eyes to be open 
to the warnings mentioned in the book of Revelation about the coming Antichrist. You see, God gave us the prophetic word not to scare us, but to prepare us. Our next story comes to us from Nashville, Tennessee, where a spokesman for the United Methodist Church says that the denomination will now officially recognize other genders beside male and female. The spokesman for the United Methodist General Council says that in its membership counts, they will start including a category for non-binary church members and clergy who do not identify as male or female. At least one pastor in the United Methodist Church who is biologically female identifies as non-binary. It is certainly sad to see how this once great denomination has fallen. If possible, John Wesley would be turning over in his grave. The liberal wing of the United Methodist Church has taken over leadership, and their latest move illustrates why the denomination will split into two branches, a conservative Methodist church and a liberal Methodist church at the next governing conference, which will be held August the 29th through September the 6th, 2022 in Minneapolis. In a related story, a Presbyterian pastor recently said that LGBTQ has, quote, saved the church, close quote. Jenny McDivitt, a South Carolina pastor with a group advancing same-sex and transgender affirmation within the Presbyterian church, made her comments in a sermon titled, Don't Hold Back. The sermon was made available to 350 PCUSA congregations as part of an LGBTQ lifestyle promotion. In her message, McDivitt said, quote, To our LGBTQ siblings, your faith may have saved you, but your faith has also saved the church, our church, our beautiful, broken, stumbling, imperfect church, because you reached out and you held on. End quote. Well, James, this quote is absurd. In the past decade, since they started promoting LGBTQ causes, the Presbyterian Church, the PCUSA, has declined over 40% in membership. What McDivitt should have said is that their ungodly behavior is destroying a once great denomination because it really is. We end this edition of Headlines from the End Times with a story about a victory in the culture war. The District of Columbia and Mayor Muriel Bowser have agreed to pay $220,000 as part of a legal settlement to a Baptist church that sued the city over in-person worship restrictions during the COVID-19 pandemic. Capitol Hill Baptist Church sued the city over their ban on outdoor worship services that had more than 100 people in attendance. We celebrate this victory. All Capitol Hill Baptist Church ever asked for was equal treatment under the law so they could meet safely as a church. Government officials must realize that illegal restrictions on the First Amendment are intolerable and costly. That will wrap up this edition of Headlines from the End Times. For Dr. Larry Spargimino, this is James Collins leaving you with the words of the Apostle Paul who said in Ephesians 5, 15, and 16, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Spaceship, aliens, cover-up or hoax? What really happened at Roswell? Find out in Michael Hoggard's DVD, Gods and Aliens. 
Get Gods and Aliens for a gift of $30 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144 or order online, swrc.com. Michael Hoggard returns tomorrow to continue his look at UFOs, gods, and aliens. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.